0: Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. so much that I want to cover this morning. It's a great big portion of text but I'm really Very excited to get there. And if you um, haven't met me before, and we haven't had the opportunity to um, to meet, my name is Sammy Strayer, and I'm the connection director here at Freedom Life Church. I've had the honor of serving here for 11 years now. Right, we just celebrated. We're getting ready to celebrate 11 years um, here at the church. And I wear a lot of hats um, as far as in all the other things that I do. Just this week, and this all kind of happened very suddenly, and that's just the way that God works. But this week I started two new jobs and I'm preparing and ramping up to enter um, into the third job that I've had for quite a while. I'm also a dance teacher, but everything's happening all at once, literally within the same week. And God just moved. It was like a whirlwind that happened in the month of August and so much change and transition. But about a month and a half ago, Pastor Tony asked me if I would cover this Sunday as he's traveling to Indiana. And I said, I didn't know any of this that was about to change. I was like, yeah, sure. I won't be busy. (laughs) Turns out that was God's little joke of saying, hey, listen, and when things like this come up and God asks you to do something, I think sometimes he puts us in these impossible situations that are so overwhelming with so much to do just to show us that we can't do it alone and that we need to rely on him to get through. So before we go into my message, will you join me in a word of prayer? Because I need it just as much as we all do. And um, so Father, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to gather together here freely and hear the word of God. Um, it's such a blessing, Lord, to come together, and we, I just pray that the words that flow out of my mouth would just be coming directly from the Holy Spirit. We've welcomed your Holy Spirit into the room this morning. I pray that you would speak through me and open up our eyes and ears to hear every single word that you want to embed into our hearts, and I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So uh, by a show of hands, or maybe if you're joining us online, if you want to throw up the the little thumbs up symbol, how many of you could attest to say that in this past year, or maybe in a recent season, that you've been through the fire a little bit? Or maybe multiple fires. Wow. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm really glad. I was worried I was going to be the only one. (laughs) But no, almost, I know probably if you're in the front, you can't see, but almost every hand went up. So I'm I'm relieved to know that we're not in this alone. And of course, I just want to clarify, I'm not talking about physical fire and actual flames. Um, If you've been through anything like that recently, please know out of the other place in my heart, that is on a completely other level. Um, I'm talking about spiritual fires that we walk through. And um, it could be from anything from feeling mocked or persecuted for your faith which is what the people in the story that I'm going to be talking about this morning, that's what they went through. But I think there's all different kinds of fire. And if I had the opportunity to sit down with each one of you and ask you about that fire that you raised your hand about, I could almost guarantee that each one would be very different from the other. There are a lot of different kinds of fires that we walk through. And uh, I believe that some of those fires are meant to refine us. Like, We'll come out of them. Like we, we were supposed to go through it so that we could come out of it stronger. There's fires like that. There's fires that are meant to test our faith, like to say, will we take a stand for God and for his word? Or are we going to kind of step back from that and just go with what the rest of the world is saying? Some, some fires are like that. And I also believe some fires give us the opportunity to choose God above everything else, no matter what the cost, even if it costs our life. Would we give our life for God and stand through that fire for him? But then there's this whole other kind of fire that comes, and I think this is the one that maybe is the most popular, at least for me recently. It's fires that are sent from the enemy to try to stop us from doing the things that God has asked us to do. He will use fire and throw it in your direction to try to wear you out, make you exhausted, and then result in you just saying, never mind, and you're just going to drop whatever it was that you were in your hand. Has anyone ever done that? Like, you get really excited about something that God has put on your heart to do for him, and then the fire comes your way, and you think, never mind, I'm going to step back from that. I don't want any part of that. That was too hot. That was too uncomfortable, right? We've all been through those kinds of seasons, And then my favorite kind of fire is the fire of God. And the fire of God looks a lot like glory. And we read a lot about that um, in Exodus with the story of Moses in the burning bush, right? That's the kind of fire that it comes, but it doesn't consume us, right? And that's the kind of fire that we want to pray for. We want the fire of God. But oftentimes, Christians who are on fire for God will have to walk through fire for God. That's something that we can expect to happen. So take a moment. I don't know if you want to write that down if you're journaling, but just know that it is completely expected that when we are on fire for God, that is what's going to lie ahead of us, is that we may have to walk through that fire for him. And when we're speaking of the glory of God... When we want to move from glory to glory, ever heard that phrase, moving from glory to glory, means we're going from one thing and we're elevating, we're elevating. We want to keep going higher, moving from glory to glory. But that often means that we have to go from victory to victory, meaning we have to win those fights. But you can't have a victory without the fight. And a lot of us want to have the victory from something, but we don't want to fight to get it, and we don't want to have to go through the fire to get it. And I think the enemy thinks that if the temperature gets hot enough, and if the flames get high enough, that we will just bow our knee and succumb to those flames and just give up altogether. And so then there's this fight or flight response that happens. And I'm a bit of a flyer. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other flyers in here. Some of us are just really natural fighters. We're like, oh, there's a problem, and they're going to run to that problem to fix it. And I believe that's a God-given gift. But other ones like myself, I'm a flyer. I want to run as fast away from that fire as I possibly can because I don't like it. I don't like the heat. I don't like the, un- the discomfort from it. I, I really hate conflict. I don't like chaos, and I don't like constant change. I want to just get away from anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. But God hasn't called us to run away from these things. And there are some fires that we have to face no matter how hot it gets. Amen? And so the question this morning isn't whether or not we have ever been through a fire. Because I think post-2020, we can all say that we have been through some of this, right? Some of you might have been, some of you might be sitting right now this morning in a current circumstance that you feel like you're in the fire right now and you're going home to the fire. Maybe you're going back to work in the fire, but it's happening right now. And some of you might be just stepping out of a a fire that just happened, that is a season that you just went through. And others of you might be getting ready to step into one. We're all in a different place, but I think we can all say that we've been through or are about to go through something like that. And so recently I was having, in my prayer time, I was having a conversation with the Lord about this. And I was asking the Lord, not just just for myself personally, but it seems like right now, obviously, as most hands were raised, that there are so many people around me and around all of us that are going through a lot of things. And it's fire after fire after fire. And it's like we never get a break. And it breaks, it breaks my heart to see my friends go through things, my family go through, through things, people in the church going through things. And it just seems like it's fire after fire after fire. And so I was asking God, why? Why don't we at least get a break in between the fire? Like, when do we get that break? And the Lord, he has a way of speaking to me. And I just heard it in my spirit. And he said it so sweetly. He said... But do you smell like smoke? But do you smell like smoke? And I said, touche, Lord. I hear you. Do you smell like smoke? Yes, you've probably been walking through some fire, standing in some fire. You've been through some things. But the question I think we need to ask ourselves this morning is as we're in it and coming out of it or about to go into another one is do we smell like smoke? And what does, what does smoke smell like? I think one of the easiest ones to detect is discouragement. Because when we're discouraged, it just makes us not want to keep going. Like I said, that's the kind of fire that the enemy just wants us to give up on things. It could also smell like depression and I want you to hear my heart on this. I'm not necessarily talking about the clinical kind of depression. I think we, we get really um, maybe defensive about this issue because there is that clinical depression where yes, you should go and you should have doctors and help and, and get the help that you need. But there's this other depression that is what I'm referring to, that's like everything was fine beforehand, and you were, you had peace, and you had joy, and everything was going good, and everything was perfectly balanced and well within your body, but then all of a sudden, the fire hit, and after the fire, you look back, and you say, wow, I'm I lost something back there. I'm not the same as I was when I went in. That's the kind of depression that I'm talking about. Not the clinical kind where things are fine, but they're unbalanced. It's the kind where everything was fine, and now it's not on the other side of it. And we're cloaked in that kind of depression afterwards. It can also look like distraction. You know, we just went through in the month of August We went through our focus series, and that was such an amazing series. The Lord spoke so much through that. But I think another part of the fire, what happens is the flames get really, really high, and the smoke gets so thick that we get distracted. We can't see anything other than the fire, and then we're losing our kingdom purpose because we're not able to see what all is going on around us. I think we all can attest to that. And I think the stinkiest one of all of these smells would be the smell of defeat because when we're defeated, we've essentially just lost, and we've just given up, and now we're coming out of that fire saying, I don't ever want to do anything for God ever again, because I'm defeated, and, and, it, and the enemy, you literally, we literally allow him to take us out sometimes, but not today, we're not going to leave like that today, I promise. And I'm going to give the example of, have you ever, we're just coming out of the summertime, a lot of people have a lot of campfires, bonfires, things like that. And when you go to a campfire, have you ever been that person? It's almost like there's a chosen person that no matter where you sit around the campfire, the smoke is going to follow you. No matter where you go, and it's really funny the first time. It's like, ha, oh, ha, oh, ha, oh, I guess I'll move over here. And so you go to the total opposite end of the circle, and within about 30 seconds, the smoke just travels around, and then poof, it's right in your face again, right? And after about the fourth or fifth time of moving, it's like, I'm just going to go home, <laughs> right? And that smell of smoke that while you're there and, you know, you're, you're in the fire, it's one thing, but then you go home, and that smell lingers, Right? Like, and you might be used to the smell and maybe a lot, that's what happens a lot of time with smell. If it's, if it's on you, you might get used to it to where you don't smell it anymore. But trust me, if you go to a campfire and you walk into another room full of people who weren't there, they're going to smell that smell that's lingering on you from that smoke and the smoke will engulf the room. And I think what we can learn from that is our defeat and discouragement and depression and, and all of those things, they will have an effect on the people around us when it lingers on us. When we walk into a room smelling like smoke from the things that we've been through, it will affect the people around us. They will smell it on you even if you don't smell it on yourself. And so today, as we get ready, and I'll I'll kind of give you a clue as to where I'm going. A lot of you might be able to guess, but I'm going to take us to Daniel chapter 3. If you want to go ahead, if you have your Bibles or it's on your phone, go ahead and start looking that up. Because I'm, I'm going to read the whole text, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Because truly, even if I were to read this text and then say amen, the Lord has spoken through his word. That's right. So I'm not going to apologize for reading a great big portion of text because it's so powerful. And there's so much in there that God wants for us to to learn this morning. But while we're reading it, I just want you to kind of do a self-evaluation and ask yourself, do you smell like smoke? And so as you get to Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, we're going to read um, basically the whole thing, verses 1 through 30, and I'm going to try to break it up a little bit, maybe paraphrase some parts. Uh, but this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I will often refer to them as Rakshak and Benny. Are there any 90s kids in here? <laughs> yes I'm so glad I'm not the only one I said like we need to find each other after service and like have a support group because millennials we need each other (laughs) and also while I'm on that Gen Z like don't pick on the millennials the only reason you have your like Instagram and your snap we invented that like you should thank us because we came up with it and the boomers are like yeah it's all your fault (laughs) And we're like, yeah, we know. That's why we need the support group. Like, we take responsibility. We cause the mess. (laughs) But for anyone who's um, ever watched that movie, I wish I would have thought of having their picture up, but Rack, Shack, and Benny was the VeggieTales version of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's one of my favorite ones. Yes, our kids have watched it, and it's adorable. Um, And it's one of the most popular i feel stories of the bible we talk about this story a lot i actually had to check with pastor tony before preaching on this because i said have we talked about this recently and we and we haven't so i got the clear go ahead to talk about it but we hear a lot about shadrach meshach and abednego and their experience that they had within the fire and um I was thinking, oh man, you know, I really felt that the, this was the direction that the Lord was leading me in. Normally, I like to look for the little nuggets in the Bible that we don't get to get to as much, but I feel very strongly from the word that this is from the Lord that this is a timely word for today. And I don't know what it is that we're all going through, but I know we're all going through things and I feel that this scripture, all of God's word is relevant, but I feel like this passage right now is so relevant to what's happening in the world right now. Turn on the news, and you're going to see it. And church, we got to be ready. And I think that we can ready and prepare ourselves by reading this story. So if you hear me say Rakshak and Benny, it's just because it's like a subconscious thing now. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to pick up and start reading in verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the rulers of the province. Provinces to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king had set up. And then they stood before the the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. A herald loudly proclaimed, people of every nation and language, you are commanded when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither lyre, harp, and drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall face down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and every kind of music, people of every nation and language fell down and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So essentially, what happens is King Nebuchadnezzar has such an ego problem. That he assembles himself and has his people build this enormous statue. If you have to build something that's so big to get the world's attention, you might want to check your heart, right? He had to have this enormous, it was grotesquely big to get this attention, to, to command people, worship me or die, right? And if you think, oh, well, we don't have anything going on like that today, I beg to differ, the world is screaming so loud, worship us, worship this, do this, or die. And it might be phrased differently, but it's the same idea. The world wants so badly, and I'll, even, I'll go to say it's really the enemy using things like the media, using things like government, using things like politics and all of this stuff that we see happening. He's using all of these things to take our eyes and say, do what I say or die. And so I'm going to keep reading on because it just keeps kind of getting a little bit more intense. It says, some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, "'May the king live forever. "'You as king have issued a decree "'that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, "'flute, zither, harp, drum, "'and every other kind of music "'must fall down and worship the gold statue. "'Whoever does not fall down and worship "'will be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. "'There are some Jews you have appointed "'to manage the province of Babylon.'" whose names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. And then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave orders to bring in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, either lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. I love their boldness when they say that. That That's a bold thing to say. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times more than was customary. And he commanded some of the best soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So these men in their trousers, robes, and head coverings and other clothes were tied up and thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Since the king's command was so urgent and the furnace extremely hot, the raging flames killed those men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the furnace of blazing fire. Is it okay if I keep going? Are we good? Okay, good. (laughs) Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisers, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of the blazing fire and called, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire when the satraps, prefects, governors, and the king's advisors gathered around. They saw that the fire had no effect on them. The bodies of these men, not a hair on their heads was singed. Their robes were unaffected and there was no smell of fire on them. Nebuchadnezzar exclaimed praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore... I love this part. I issue a decree that any one of any people nation or language who says anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego will be torn limb from limb and his house made a garbage dump for there's no other God who is able to deliver like this. And then the king rewarded Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Come on. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. There's so much in that passage. We could have probably a series go on for weeks about everything that happened in that passage, but first I want to talk about what it's like when we're going into the fire. Some of you, well, really, we might be in two groups, maybe another if I can think of it, but at the moment I can think of two groups. Some of us are about to step into a fire, and we're going, I can't do this. It's too hard. That would probably be me. I don't want to do this, it's hot, it's uncomfortable, I can't do it. And then there's this other group of people that I, maybe I wish I could be a little bit more like them in a way, but they're the kind of people that are like, I can do anything, just, just bring it on. I got it. I got it all under control, I can do it myself. Do we have do-it-ourselfers in the room? I think we, you don't want to admit it, but there are, there's some in here, I know it. And you might want to throw your shoe at me for saying this, but just bear with me. I think that a lot of us, especially, again, the millennials, we were brought up and told a lot. You can do anything you set your mind to. Reach for the stars, (laughs) right? There's nothing you can't do. And there's parts of that that, yes, that is true, but then there's this other element of it that we know spiritually that we really can't do all the things and be all the things without the help of God. So if you're about to step into a fire and you think, I've got this, and it's all on my own might, (laughs) you might want to take a step back here for a second this morning and evaluate and say, maybe it's not going to be on my strength. I've learned this lesson. I can't do all of these things by myself. I can't work three jobs and be entering into ministry and doing all of these things and raise two children and have a healthy marriage and be able to be available as a good friend I can't do all those things by myself and when you're stepping into these fires you need to evaluate and say to yourself that if I want to come out of this thing not smelling like smoke then I have to go in knowing that my survival is not gonna come from my own power and Rackshack and Benny knew this in verses 17 and 18 they said if the God we serve exists then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he doesn't rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. They let the king know that they knew their God and his power. They knew that God could save them. But even if he didn't, either way, if we come out of this thing, it's because of him and not because of us. If you're about to step into a fire, you need to remember who your God is. Can he save you from the fire? Yes. Will he? Maybe. Maybe not. But will he leave you alone in it? Never. I promise you that. Actually, God's word promises you that. And we need to be ready to stand on the fact that you can't come out of this thing smelling clean unless you decide to lean on his power and not your own. And so while we talk about not being alone, let's now talk about being in the fire. And for this group, if you're in it, my heart goes out to you. Because if you're in the fire right now, I understand. It is hot. It's blazing. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. And everything looks impossible right now. And you know who you are if that's you. And most of us have heard this story that I just read. Most of us have heard it lots of other times, but we still need to be reminded. And I think the Lord wanted to remind us all today, myself included, that he is with you in the fire. Do you know that the Lord is with you everywhere you go, whether or not you've invited him or not? He doesn't need an invitation. Now, yes, we like to invite him in. There's nothing wrong with that because that's just saying here, God, you're welcome to come and do whatever you want to do. But he never is going to leave you or forsake you. So that means in every situation, whether you've invited him in or you want him there or not, he's there. And there's no place that you will ever go that he's not going to be there and that you're going to be able to just hide from him to get away from him we just talked about this verse last week actually so it was very timely but if you want to you can flip i think i have it up on the screen it's the screen it's psalm 139 verse 7 through 12 where can i go to escape your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go to heaven you are there if i make my my bed in shale, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. There's no way we, ha- we can ever just get away from him when we're, we're in the fire. We don't have to summon him in. He's already there. And I was thinking about this part too. You know, at the part when they're, they're getting ready to throw the three men in and the, the, the men who were carrying them to throw them in, they died from the heat of the fire. Yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get up to the fire and they drop them in. They didn't drop in three men. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord just comes and is like, ta-da, and dives in after them, right? We don't, we don't hear that. Three men went in, Period. But then they look in and the fourth man was there. And I think that tells us the fourth man was already in the fire. He didn't have to just go in to rescue you. He doesn't have to dive in somewhere to rescue you. He's already there. He's waiting for you. And here's the other part that I love. When they look in and they had gone in bound, they're walking around. They weren't huddled up in a corner. With the Lord even, you know, that's kind of the visual I think I get sometimes. It's like I'm in a corner and I'm huddled up and the Lord's surrounding me. But no, no, it wasn't even just that. They were walking around in it. And other people, I promise you this, if there's one thing you can get from this when you leave, other people are watching you when you're in your fire. They are looking at how you're, how are you when you are in the fire? People are watching because they'll see it. And there's, there's people of the world that would be like, I'm not, they're, they're succumb to the flames. But if you can be in there with the Lord, he will give you the strength and the ability and the protection to be able to walk around in the fire and be at peace because you are with him. So let's talk now about what it's like coming out of the fire. Did you notice the radical change in King Nebuchadnezzar after? after those men came back out of the fire. Did you notice that? Before they went in, he was saying, if you don't worship me, you're going to die. And then after that miracle that happened that he, that he witnessed, he had this radical change of heart. The man who was persecuting them became the man persecuting those who had persecuted their, or who had gone against their God. The same guy had such a radical change. So, what if, based on how we go through the fire, when we're coming out of it and other people are watching, what if there was a radical change because of the way that you come out? Not smelling like smoke? What if what if laws began to be get different? What if our schools could change? What if our communities could change? What if our families could change? What if like Pastor Alicia said about the atmosphere of your home? What if all of that could change from being one polar opposite where it's persecution and it's fire and it's destruction to all of a sudden, don't you dare talk against my God? What if that could happen in all of these areas of our life where we need it to happen? So what does it mean to come out of the fire and not smell like smoke? I'm going to begin to kind of wrap this up. But it means to be determined to press forward no matter what the cost. It means standing strong in your faith. It means believing God is who he says he is, period. It means knowing that he's still a miracle-working God. This God of the Bible, he never changed. The things that he did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... That wasn't another God, it's the same God. It means his promises are true and he loves you and he gets the victory when we come out of the fire clean. So the main point is that if God brings you through the fire, do not come out of it and walk in defeat. Do not allow yourself to be cloaked in this depression that, oh, I was fine before, but now I'm cloaked in it and the weight of it's just swallowing me up. The world might think that you're a goner when they see that you've come out of the fire, but they're gonna watch how you walk out. And when we walk out unsinged and smoke-free, they are going to wonder how we did it. We need to point them in the right direction, amen? Not a lot of people come to know Jesus because of a testimony that they've lived of just an absolutely perfect life where they've had no problems. People come to Jesus because they too are in the fire and they're bruised and broken and they're burnt. And when they look at someone they see and they, they're going to see and smell that someone is different. They're going to look at you and they're going to, they're going to know, wow, that person has been through something too. That is the power of our testimony. Your greatest asset for the kingdom of God is your testimony and the best testimony that you have is the miracle of how you came out of your fire.